Oh, man, this is really living. Hey, everybody, it's Monday, February 22nd, 3.42 p.m. We had another snowstorm today, but I am back out driving. And I just wanted to make a big ask for all of you who listen and support. If you'd go to the unchainedgospel.org and sign up for my uh, newsletter there, I am contemplating starting some outdoor Bible studies in the springtime when the weather warms up. Not outdoor because of COVID, outdoor because I want it to be a spectacle. Um, And I will be putting out a couple videos in the future about why it's the Church Without Walls. Um and why I feel compelled to do that. I've done it in the past. But um, first and foremost, uh, I would also want to ask you to sign up if you go to actingrealtor.com. Along the right-hand side of the website there, you will see a spot that says that you can subscribe to the blog via email. That's probably the best way for you to stay up to date with new episodes at this point. Um, to be honest, I just haven't felt like pushing back on MailChimp, and I've been busy, so I haven't been doing that. Um, hopefully I will at some point, but, uh, anyway, that's all I got to say. Um, we got together with friends from our new church yesterday. They had us over their farm, and, uh, we had a good time eating and fellowshipping, and I'm hoping to start doing more of that. Having people over and uh, eating together. Because I think that's something that we need to do. Small acts of civil disobedience among consenting adults uh, can do wonders. And also, it can strengthen the soul and the spirit. So those are my thoughts. Good afternoon, friends. It is Wednesday, February 24th, 4 p.m. I am delivery driving. Still trying to refinance this mortgage. Keep running into obstacles because of our complicated financial situation. But I'm hopeful that somehow it'll work out. And we'll be able to save over $200 a month for our mortgage. Um, very excited about the prospect of paying off our debt. Uh, it's a beautiful day today and it's really put me in a good mood. Um, I see certain conversations are changing around COVID. Certain terms are not considered bad words anymore, like herd immunity. articles, the LA Times, Wall Street Journal, talking about, hey, maybe we're actually further along in this process than we thought. Surprise, surprise. Um, City of Philadelphia is talking about having fans at opening day for Phillies baseball, and when I heard that, I almost got choked up, because I was like, oh man, it sounds so promising, and the idea of spring and summer being somewhat normal is just seems so appealing to me. Uh, There's 
also a ton of backlash starting to bubble up for Dr. Fauci because he continues to say stupid things and undermining the very vaccine that he is supposed to be championing. Um, <laughs> basically, we're struggling with people. We are, not me, but they're concerned about vaccine hesitancy. And we've been told for a year now that once we have a vaccine, we can go back to normal. And then you have Fauci, who loves the sound of his own voice, saying things like, oh, even after you're vaccinated, you shouldn't hug your grandchildren. And uh, even after you're uh, vaccinated, you shouldn't go out to eat in a diner uh, or indoor dining, and you shouldn't go to a theater. And it makes you go, wait, what? (laughs) This is the whole thing we've been waiting for. And now you're saying we shouldn't. Because we don't know, blah, 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 blah. I think he's learned his lesson that any prediction on the conservative end of things, he's going to get called on the carpet for it. So I think he's overshooting and being overly, extremely cautious because he doesn't. And this is the, the case with a lot of the Democratic governors. They're erring on the side of nothing. I'd rather everyone be able to do nothing because then I don't get any blame for deaths. Uh, If Fauci says, yeah, like you can stop taking, you know, you can take your mask off and you can go back to your normal life once you get vaccinated. And then we see a news report about someone getting the virus after being vaccinated, then he looks stupid. So he's more concerned about how he looks on that end rather than the fact that people, some people, not me, some people are still hanging on his every word. And I just, I'm flabbergasted by that concept because everything he says, he literally changes his statements from day to day. Um, some places, some people have actually done threads where you can actually see how, like, within a week's time, he's completely changed his stance on something. Um, and it just makes what people wonder. And when they say things like, we're going to be the party of science. Finally, science is in the White House. Whatever that means. I mean, it's so stupid. Um, and then you have people saying, like, well, well, we were, science says that schools are safe to reopen, but when we considered the feelings and thoughts of the teachers and the parents and stuff, we changed our recommendation. So basically you're admitting you're not following the science when the CDC puts out school guidelines. Also, something I found, and it's an article that I'll be included along with this episode from The Federalist, the CDC snuck in something with their school reopening guidelines, basically admitting that asymptomatic spread is not a thing. There was a previous study that I've shared in the past that said that 0.7% of cases were from uh, asymptomatic spread or something like that. Basically, they, they what they did was people in the households, and they, they did this whole study. But basically, it said that asymptomatic transmission was not there. Were there isn't really anything to that. Um, now, there's some people who argue about pre-symptomatic, blah, 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 if you're sick and you don't realize it, and then you develop symptoms later. Um, but, but strictly the people who test positive and don't have any symptoms, they don't give, they don't spread the virus. So we have these lockdowns and all this stuff, and no one's really calling that out. Thankfully, the Federalists pointed it out. They're, sh- they're slowly shifting the narrative. They can't just all of a sudden say, we can go back to normal. They need to bring as much pain as possible because they need to look as though they were right. All of this last six to eight months 
is damage control for how wrong their projections were. You heard me right, because I've said this before, but I'll say it again. If we had known, and if they had not gotten these projections of millions of people dying and all this stuff, and not followed that and overreacted, and and ignored what we know about respiratory viruses at the beginning, and we stuck to what we said, which was two weeks to flatten the curve so our hospitals wouldn't be overwhelmed, then what would have happened is as soon as hospitals had started to decline in the the spring and early summer, we would have reopened things, spread out that infection that ended up getting squeezed off like a hose, and then what we did was we just pushed all those cases into the fall and winter months so that the winter and fall surges were so much higher than they would have been because everyone was so afraid that anybody getting the virus meant that they would die. Instead of looking at it rationally with reason and logic and statistics and data, we knew very early on that one, the virus did not affect everyone the same way. Two, many people who get the virus don't even develop symptoms. Three, some people are naturally immune to this. We've known this for months. So every decision that's been made has been off the assumption that all 327 million people in the United States are at risk of catching COVID, which science has now shown that's actually not true because of T-cell immunity, cross-reactive immunity from past exposure to coronaviruses, etc. Not to mention, we know that all 327 million people are not equally susceptible to severe disease from the virus, but we are acting and all of our policies are based on that assumption. So some of these narratives are changing. Unfortunately, the damage has been done. Some people will continue to wear masks even after COVID is gone because they've been broken mentally, because they are so afraid. A teacher, I'm sorry, a parent uh, at my wife's school has kept their kids out of school, will not send them back until they are vaccinated. They haven't even begun doing safety trials on children yet. Hasn't even happened yet. And you got to imagine that the safety trials for our children are going to be a little bit more rigorous since there was barely any safety trials for the vaccine for adults. You're not going to send your kids back. You're going to... Because the risk of 0.003% that they could get COVID and die, it's probably even less than that. Because of that level of risk, you're going to keep your kids out of school? Possibly for the rest of this year, 2021? Because there's, they're not going to have the vaccine given it to kids? Come on. There won't be enough COVID cases by the time they get approved to give the vaccinations to children to justify vaccinating your kids against this virus. There just won't be. Ugh. I feel so sad when I think about how people's minds have been completely broken. And I'm guilty of it too, because early on, I truly was struggling with what was going on. That's why I started to read. That's why I started to find out, wait a minute, this isn't actually what we've been told it is. 
and I'm over it, as you know. But all of these folks, they're going to need counseling, they're going to need psychological help, because mentally, the news media has told them that they need to fear for their life when they walk outside their front door. And that is damaging. A year straight of that propaganda. People are broken. We need to pray for them. We need to try to share the truth with them in a kind and loving way. And we need people's minds to be opened to the possibility and the reality that there are far greater risks in this life than getting a virus and getting sick. There's the risk of not even living the life that God has given you. Not enjoying the community that God has placed you in. Not having face-to-face interaction. Think about these kids that learned uh, through social interaction how to behave, how to be Uh, how to grow, how to get smarter, how to read uh, emotions, how to read people's motivations in their faces. We're destroying their ability to do that while saying we're keeping them safe. We're not keeping them safe. We're keeping them subdued. Those are two different things. Liberty is risky. Tyranny is deadly. Snap on snack. What's up, everybody? It's Friday, February 26th. Um, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I just wanted to get out some of my thoughts from the week. I've got some articles I'm going to be sharing with you guys. So I encourage you to go on to my website. Uh, that way, you'll get an email. If you go to the right hand side of the website, I know I'm plugging this a lot, but it's my way to circumvent the whole situation with MailChimp right now. As of right now, WordPress is allowing me to continue with my website, so I'm going to take advantage of that. Um, if you subscribe to the Acting Realtor via email on the website, you can do that. Not the not the pop-up that comes up, but along the right-hand side, there's a section where it says it. Anyway, um, I'm going to be sharing a lot of articles that I come across for you all to read. And... Um, just a couple quick things. The flu, obviously, we know is completely gone. Um, there's a number of theories as to why that is. Um, one of the most interesting ones I saw was that flu tests, when you have influenza, there's a very small window of time um, where you can detect it with the flu test. If there's a delay in that test because of prioritizing COVID tests, the likelihood of you testing positive for influenza, if there's a delay of a few days even, um, it would probably show up as negative. However, if you have those symptoms that are similar, you test negative for the flu, then it's going to become a probable COVID case. So that was interesting. Another thing to think about, I saw a video, Desmond Swain, I think is his name, he's uh, from Great Britain. He went on this speech in front of the parliament there talking about the consistent... Um, the fact that we're testing at such a high rate and even at a 3% positive, false positive, which they've argued that anything over 35 cycles could be as high as a 97% false positives. Um, but uh, if we have 3% false positives 
That means that at our current rate in the United States, I'm applying it from that way, we're, we're testing about 1.5 million people a day. We will have 45,000 cases from false positives alone in a day. Right now, we're averaging about 70,000 cases a day, maybe just below that. So there is no if we continue to test at the rate that we're testing, there's no way, based on false positives, based on the fact that the PCR tests detect dead virus and that you can continue to test positive for COVID up to nine weeks, 12 weeks after being completely symptom-free, even longer than that, some people say, then we're not going to get back to normal unless we start to behave as though it's normal. They will always be able to manipulate the data to show that there is still COVID out there. Um, so that that's crazy. I also saw National Geographic put out an article saying that there is a, uh, we now know that children don't really spread the virus. Also with the school guidelines, interestingly enough that the CDC released, they slipped in a part where they basically admitted that asymptomatic spread is so minuscule that it shouldn't even be a factor. That's right. They cited a previous study that I have shared that they did, uh, looking at asymptomatic transmission in households and those cases it was 0.7% of cases were the result of asymptomatic transmission so the fact that we have masks and we have social distancing and all that stuff another interesting thing 2007 the CDC put out a study their own article saying that when you have a flu pandemic distancing any non-pharmaceutical intervention, like distancing and masks, once a pop, once the virus is in one percent of the population, one percent, those things don't help at all. Distancing, masks, it doesn't do anything. That was in 2007. The CDC said that, and I have a screenshot of that article. You can find it online. Um, yeah, just mind blowing that. When the dust settles and all of the all of the paranoia will never be able to get this truth out there. However, when the dust settles and people aren't so emotionally charged, we are going to discover so much about this that was done wrong. And that's just the fog of war, I understand that. However, what isn't right is anyone who's trying to speak up and bring actual data and science that's contrary to the narrative being silenced. That's not okay. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, also, we got the Governor Cuomo situation just gets more and more ridiculous. Um, he's such an arrogant fool. I mean, he basically, the way he's talked about people who've had allegations towards him, uh, towards other people, and now he basically calls out the people that are alleging things about him. He's... It's very interesting to watch people on the left. They are so protected by mainstream media that when there's any scrutiny, then it becomes like they're so shocked by it, they don't even know what to do. And they have to go on the attack because they've never been held accountable. Um, it's pretty crazy to watch, actually. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Those are some of the articles that I was going through um, that I found interesting, and hopefully you will as well hospitalizations plummeting we're now below um 
think the last time I checked, it was about 54,000 hospitalizations in the country. And they're still fear-mongering about variants and all this stuff. Um, hospitalizations continue to plummet. So you can manipulate case numbers more than you can manipulate hospitalizations. Um, if this new, these new variants are so much more uh, contagious and so much more uh, virulent, like they're trying to fear-monger, then how do you explain the fact that hospitalizations continue to go down? Um, yeah, just little things like that. The flu, gone. Um, other theories about why the flu's disappeared. The same people who say that masking, social distancing, and hand-washing is eliminating the flu are the people who are complaining that COVID is still here because people refuse to wear a mask, wash their hands, and social distance. logic. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, February, uh, February, March. I don't even know what day, actually. March 3rd, I think. Yes. 8.27 a.m. And it's a sunny, beautiful day. Uh, the last three days, we have been under 60,000 new cases, which is the first three-day span under 60,000 new cases since October 12th through the 14th. So that's good news. Uh, states are joining the movement of getting back to normal. We have uh, Texas announcing they're lifting their mask mandate and Mississippi as well. And they are reopening all businesses to 100% capacity. They said it's time with the vaccine being distributed, with cases plummeting, hospitalizations plummeting. Uh, by the time... You know, we're heading into the spring and summer, and the cases tend to uh, drop anyway. So they're saying, listen, we can't keep these businesses closed. We're not going to be telling people what to do anymore because we see a light at the end of the tunnel. Now, obviously, that has caused some critics to, to balk and complain and whine and moan about how reckless they're being. But I, I do recall the CDC saying if you wear two masks... They're 95% effective. So if all that time leading up to their announcement, which was only like a few weeks ago, you were wearing one mask and you didn't get COVID, then wear a second mask. And you should be A-okay, regardless of what other people are doing. And don't say, oh, but it's, it's your mask protects me and my mask protects you. That's a bunch of nonsense. According to the CDC two masks can prevent 95% of the, the particles or droplets or whatever it might be. So what people don't understand is that people have agency and the government should not be in the business of controlling what people do and what they wear and how they protect themselves. Just because they ended a mandate doesn't mean people aren't going to still wear masks that are concerned about the virus. And if you are concerned about the virus, wear as many masks as, as you need to to feel safe. But it's not on you to tell other people what they can do, because this is America. People act like, uh, you know, that, that everybody else has to follow in rules in order to keep you safe, or so that you feel safe. That's not how it works. You do what you need to do to feel safe. That is how it works in America. 
Sorry, I had to pause it. But what I was saying was, if you need to feel safe, you do what you can to feel safe. You don't... You do everything you can when you're driving to keep yourself safe, but ultimately you can't control how other people drive. You trust that they are making the right decisions and doing things correctly. I would also say that just because the state is no longer mandating it doesn't mean that people are going to stop wearing masks. Some people will. I probably would because I find that there are side effects to mask wearing that no one is allowed to talk about. Health side effects, emotional and mental side effects, but we're not allowed to talk about those things. Also, businesses will probably still keep their stuff in a place because it's a private business and the state can't tell them what to do. Although they have been telling them exactly what to do for the last year. Uh, It's funny that the states can tell businesses to enact mandates for their stores, but they can't tell them that it's illegal to mandate. Isn't that interesting how private business and government... It only They can only work hand-in-hand hand when it brings more um, oppression to the people. I find that really interesting. That is actually the true definition of fascism, is when the government colludes with private entities, big businesses, to enforce things on the people. Um, but anyway... I have so many thoughts, so I'm trying to take them in chunks here. Um, So, in terms of the mandates and everything, we've seen... All you have to do is look at the the graphs and the science to show that mask mandates haven't stopped the spread. They haven't slowed the spread. Usually, the spread has jumped once mask mandates are enacted because... People are going to behave the way they want to behave, regardless of mandates. I also see that Joe Biden came out and announced that there's going to be enough vaccines for every single adult to get vaccinated by the end of May. He had previously, just a week or two ago, said the end of July. Now, at the current rate, the cases are declining. One could assume that by July... We won't have many cases, which would then lead many people to forego the vaccine. I know what you're thinking. I'm going to put my phone here. You're thinking nobody would do that. It's it's uh, We're all in this together and everything. Well, guess what? I'm not putting a experimental gene therapy into my system so that you feel safer. I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. And when, you, when I say experimental, that's because legally, scientifically... It's experimental because mRNA and 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 uh, messenger RNA is experimental. We've never had a vaccine made from this messenger RNA before. Also, it's in an emergency use authorization, which means it hasn't actually fully been approved for use. Um, so I know Johnson and Johnson's coming out with a one dose vaccine that's actually using the the what are they rotavirus or whatever it is, where it's actually bits of the actual virus so that's actually probably a safer bet because it's a long-standing technology Um, and when push comes to shove if you feel like you need to get a vaccine a lot of the literature i've been reading they say and people i've talked to that are actual scientists have said 
if you want a vaccine, try to get the Johnson & Johnson one. So take that for whatever it is. Uh, I personally won't be getting them. Um, but people are now fear-mongering. So we have them say end of May. And I know that they're saying end of May because they realize secretly behind the scenes, they would never admit this publicly, but I think they're starting to realize that this virus is not going to last through the end of the year. So the fact that they have paid these companies or, or been paid off by these companies for this vaccine, they need to make sure that these vaccines get used and that the companies don't take a loss on the manufacturing of these viruses, uh, vaccines, I apologize. So they're going to push these vaccines out as soon as they possibly can because what happens if the, the cases drop below like 1,000 a day in the United States by July? Do you think anybody's going to get a vaccine for something like that? What if deaths drop below 100 a day? Do you think your people are going to risk getting this experimental vaccine if they say, you know what, I'm going to take my chances? You know, I think that there's enough immunity out there and my immune system's pretty healthy. I don't think I'm going to get this vaccine. So you understand why the, the goalposts keep shifting because they're making their decisions based on political and financial decisions, not because of the safety and health of our public. You, they say that, and you can believe that if you want to. But ultimately, it comes down to King Dollar. It always does. Um, ILC think that all of a sudden they went from July to May. It's because they have models and projections, I, I assume, and allegedly, that are showing them, listen, we need to get this vaccine in, in as many arms as possible because we're running out of time. This virus is either going to continue to mutate and become completely resistant to any vaccine and just become endemic into the public, which is what is happening, which is what is going to happen. Or we can just keep lying and saying, oh, it's so bad. That's why you have people coming out talking about these new variants and stuff, which is hilarious because when this coronavirus came out, they said it's novel, which means it's we've never seen it before, which is actually a lie because it's 78% similar to SARS-1. That's why it's called SARS-CoV-2. It's 78% similar, so it's not truly novel. It has 78% similarities. Now, what we are seeing, and if you actually use your analytical mind and logic and reason, what they have said is that people who've previously been exposed to past coronaviruses have cross-reactive immunity, which, which is their T-cell immunity. And they say that if you've been exposed to a coronavirus in the past, which we typically are because those are the seasonal cold and flus and stuff like that, that you will not have a similar reaction. Usually your, your reaction will be... Uh, less to this new strain because you already have some cross-reactive immunity. Take that and follow that through to the end. If these are variants of the exact same coronavirus, I guarantee that if you had this version of the coronavirus and a new variant comes along, you will have some cross-reactive immunity to it. They will not say that because this is the tool they're using to keep people afraid to ensure that all their vaccine doses are used. Again, I am not anti-vaccination. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. I've, I've been vaccinated. I got all my vaccines as a kid and all that. Um, my kids got their vaccines as, as children. However... <laughs> Getting a vaccine for a constantly mutating virus like the flu or coronavirus 
I don't see the benefit because it's constantly changing and you're constantly putting these chemicals and who knows what into your system year after year and we don't know the long-term safety effects, the health effects over a long period of time. We don't understand that because they don't do effective safety trials that are long-term because as soon as the vaccine versus the placebo group once the vaccine proves effective, they, they will vaccinate the people in the placebo group because they say it's a an ethics issue if they're going to withhold the vaccine from people. You know, and so we have no real way to determine the long-term safety of some of these vaccines. That's the issue. I am pro-vaccine, providing that they are as safe as they can be, as transparent as they can be, and that they're tested for a significant amount of time, which we know in this case it's not. So, I find it really funny that the story keeps changing. You have one person, the CDC director, coming out saying the new variants are going to undo all the progress we've made. And we need to live in fear forever. And then you have, secretly, there's the COVID Tracking Project, which was a website uh, that's been around that you can find. That's where you find a kind of like a hub of all the information on tests and all that stuff. They're closing up shop on March 7th. They're not going to be collecting information anymore. Which, if this if this pandemic was going to continue... Now, they say it's because there are other resources that are helpful, so they don't feel the need to keep it going. I think they realize that the cash cow is about to run out. Because people are going to stop caring eventually. Conversely, I've heard through the grapevine that Johns Hopkins is also... They're, they're closing down several servers for their data because... It seems like things are... They're, they're starting to pack up shop. People aren't as concerned. People aren't going to be checking their sites. So they're closing down servers for their, their databases and stuff for COVID tracking. And they went from updating things hourly to just now daily. And pretty soon they're going to be going to weekly. So we can... There's one thing is... See, watch what people are doing versus what they're saying about the virus. That's the way it always has to be. How are people behaving? You have Governor Newsom condemning Texas for reopening and ending their mask mandate, saying it's absolutely reckless. And then obviously the Twitter storm comes after him saying, wait, isn't this you dining indoors and without a mask on talking to people indoors, which you said is unsafe and reckless to do that? So it has to do with watching how people are acting, watching how these government agencies are are actually operating, not what they're saying to the public. They are manipulating the public for their own gain. Dr. Fauci has changed his story so many times, and he's being the, he's the, he's like the grenade that they throw to see how people, so he says these outlandish things, everyone reacts and they go, okay, we need to scale it back now because people aren't ready for that type of information. It's all manipulation. These three letter organizations exist to keep themselves relevant and in business. That's it. They will never say or do anything that jeopardizes their position, their existence. Everything they do will to keep themselves in the spotlight, relevant and important and financed. So remember these things. When you're reading things and things get upsetting and you read these crazy statements about next year, you know, Biden says, by this time next year. It's been by this time next year since last year. So the only way people go back to normal is if they realize... We can go back to normal. We're going to get sick. Some people are going to unfortunately die just like they have for every year in the existence of humanity. That doesn't diminish their deaths. 
but to live in such a way that we're robbing people of their actual life. Children not being in school, not not being safe at home because of domestic issues, not being well fed because of that. You're seeing hundreds of thousands, if not millions of kids falling off the grid because they are not doing online learning. It's having a disproportionate effect on low-income urban communities because they don't have the resources. And they have the gall, teachers' unions have the gall to say that by going back to in-person learning, it's propagating structural racism. No! By keeping kids in online learning, you're propagating structural racism. Because if you believe, which I don't, (laughs) but most people tend to assume that Black and brown people are automatically low income, which is not the case, and it's the most racist thing that people can say, but somehow they get away with it. But they say urban communities are suffering. They don't, like, they don't understand how they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Online learning only benefits the wealthy and those that have the resources to do it. Just like working from home. And shutting businesses down only benefits those who have wealth and the resources to do so. It's the same thing. Schools need to be open for in-person learning for every community so that people in lower income areas are not punished. And are not with, they're not being uh, abused by lack of resources. Whether that be the meal that they usually count on. Whether that be... The human interaction, the fact that they don't have technology at home because they're low income. I'm not going to talk about race because being low income, you can be low income in, as a white person in the Appalachian Mountains. You can be a, a low income person in a, in a former industrial town that that industry has since left. You can be a low income person regardless of your background. But the low income aspect is what keeps people behind and they are propagating it by ensuring that people stay out of the classroom these teachers unions are liars you had this one this this head of a teachers union in california was seen taking his daughter to in-person preschool while saying that going to school is unsafe it's hypocrisy Don't listen to what people say. Watch what they do. If you see the government starting to shift, you see these states starting to reopen, but they're still saying it's real dangerous, they're lying. They're trying to save face. And that is what governments do. That is what three-letter organizations do. They can never admit that they were wrong. They can just spin the narrative to make it look like they were right the whole time. The end. What's up, everybody? It's, uh... I actually have a watch now, so I can look at the time. 4.50 p.m. I am finishing up my day of food delivery, and I just thought it was funny. This uh, is a former ice cream shop. It's now an Indian restaurant. So uh, It's on Germantown Pike in Collegeville. I love Indian food. I'm picking this meal up for not myself, unfortunately. Uh, This used to be, I believe, a go-kart place and mini golf. two restaurants here. There's this one and then there's another one. So I thought it was interesting. I'm feeling really at peace. I know my last video I was fired up, but uh, it's just beautiful weather. The fact that spring is coming around the corner. Positive outlook. Seeing, uh, seeing things return that have long been dormant. And uh, I think we're in a good place. 
cases continue to, to decline and most likely will uh, for the spring and summer. And by the end of the summer, everybody who wants a vaccine will have gotten it. And uh, hopefully we will get out of this nightmare. Um, hopefully people will come to their senses and not force things on people or make them mandatory. That's the biggest issue I have. People can should be free to do what they choose to do to keep themselves safe. I have no problems with that. I do hope that people will look into the safety of some of these things. I see reports of uh, people having miscarriages and stillbirths after the vaccine, uh, which we knew it would affect fertility. They, they did actually warn about that in other countries and stuff. So just be aware of what you're putting in your body. And that goes for anything. And that's all I... That's what it comes down to, really, is I want there to be more transparency, more people being able to talk about this stuff without being labeled an anti-vaxxer or some other uh, thing. And that usually is how things go, is that once you start to talk about something, they just throw a label on you. And then, and I'm guilty of this. I remember before COVID and everything, I would hear about anti-vaxxers, and I'd be like, those people are crazy. And then you come to find out they're not, they're not against vaccines if they're safe and effective, most likely um, most people just want the option they want to be free to choose whether to vaccinate their child or not or vaccinate themselves or not and that was never a concern until now where people are trying to enact legislation like in Washington D.C. that allows they just voted on it to allow underage children to get the vaccine without parental consent and then it would also block the insurance company from notifying and the schools from notifying their parents that they got the vaccine, which is a safety and scary proposition. Because what if they have a bad reaction? The parent doesn't know what's going on. And the employer or the, I'm sorry, the insurance company and the schools won't tell the parents why their, their child is having this reaction to something they're not aware of them getting it. I'm not making that up. That's happening in Washington, D.C. So those types of conversations are going on, and that's why I get concerned. That's why I get fired up. But all in all, my family is well. My family is healthy. I'm blessed. I'm praising God for that. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the spring and summer this year, for sure. It's a lot different heading into the spring and summer this year, knowing that we are uh, on the way out of this pandemic versus last year where we hoped it was a short thing but we had no end in sight what's up everybody 737 at night no i'm not dashing i can take that off uh dropped my son off at youth group and then did some picked up some groceries uh some oddball things that we needed and in the midst of everything that's happening, the changes we're seeing in, in certain states, red states, um, I'm reminded that we shouldn't celebrate the fact that the government is trying to give us back things that they never should have taken in the first place. Um, we can never allow something like this to happen again, ever. The government decided through fear and the use of the media propaganda machine that it was okay to shut people in their homes, close businesses arbitrarily, mandate face coverings. These are all things that just a, you know, a year ago from today, actually, it's March 3rd, 
if we had said that for a year we're going to have to walk around with masks on our face, businesses are going to be shut down based on some um, arbitrary rules and some edict from a governor, a tyrant, we would have said, are you crazy? It's just a virus. Think about that. Also, if we had told you what the survival rate of the virus was, which is 99.997 for 0 to 19, 99.98 for 20 to 50, 99.5 for 50 to 70, and 94.6 for 70 and older, we would have said, well, you're not going to shut things down for a year. That's crazy. Um, and yet here we are. Um, we should not celebrate the fact that the government decided to give us back what is rightfully ours according to the Constitution. We have to ensure that something like this never happens again. Ever. Um, also with that, I've been hearing a lot of chatter. There's rumors on the news and stuff about March 4th and that being a day where people are going to try to take back the government or some nonsense. I don't really track that stuff. But um, I'm just cautious about uh, what the, the government... I'm cautious about false flag events because that they have been known to happen, especially in times of disruption, uh, civil, you know, cold wars we're not fighting each other necessarily in a civil war but it's a silent civil war uh, between red and blue and democrat republican trump supporter non you know all of that <clears throat> so i just wanted to get on record march 3rd at 7:40 p.m. that i'm concerned about some type of false flag that will further um, demonize people on the, that are seen as being on the right. And they will try to use that to further the narrative that all Republicans, all conservative constitutionals, all Christians, we're all insane Nazi, white supremacist, nationalists, whatever. So I might just be paranoid, but... It should be interesting to see. I remember on there were all these chatters about Inauguration Day and people attacking the government and all that stuff. Nothing came of it because it was all nonsense. They were hoping they could make that happen to drum up the narrative, but nobody did anything because it was all propaganda. Um, hoping that's the case tomorrow. But uh, it's... Uh, it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting time to be alive. Good day, folks. It's March 4th, Thursday, 12.18 p.m. And I'm driving. And I have some thoughts, as usual. So, um, everybody who's flipping out about Texas and Mississippi reopening, um, it's because you've successfully allowed the media and your fear to reframe what it means to live in America and to have liberty. We've seen language from the CDC about what we are allowed to do 
which presupposes that they control what we do and our behavior because of all the brainwashing that's been going on over the past year. So think about that, the fact that a three-letter organization that is unelected gets to tell you what you're allowed to do. So that should spark something in you. It should if you're a normal person. Also, you tend to forget that everybody is free to do whatever they want. And if you are concerned that your state doesn't have a mask mandate, you can wear a mask. It's your free choice to do that. It's your choice to stay away from restaurants that are open 100% capacity because you feel unsafe. Where we've gotten into trouble is where we've dictated to other people who aren't as concerned what they're allowed to do in order to make you feel safer. That's where things are broken. That's what we're trying to fix here. Uh, I I read a report that um, the Biden administration is concerned mostly with Texas and Mississippi because they they're afraid that this is a this will be the beginning of a string of people and it's going to make them look weak because Biden gave his 100 day mask mandate etc. when he didn't actually have authority to do anything like that because the president isn't a dictator uh, it's there's no way to enforce it and. Uh, so they're concerned more about how it looks that the, the president is feckless and completely impotent to do anything to enforce mask mandates. And by people choosing freedom and choosing to wear whatever the heck they want, that more and more people are going to smell and taste freedom and they're going to ignore what the government says. So I decided to pull over and stop so I can talk through this. So I have, obviously, thoughts, and they, the mainstream media, three-letter organizations, the scientists, the poster child scientists, not the actual ones, you have people coming out, Dr. Makara, Johns Hopkins, health expert, saying we could have herd immunity by April. Why are they not listened to? We have another epidemiologist coming out and saying by late spring, which is like the end of May. Meanwhile, we have guys like Dr. Fauci who are making money off of this pandemic. Fact check. You can look it up. He is. They just gave him a million dollar award for speaking truth to power, which is hilarious because he lied to the American people on several occasions. Occasions. So I guess speaking truth to power means manipulating the public to do what you want. I didn't know that's what it meant. But anyway, what none of them will tell you and what you're going to get exclusively here is a math lesson. Right now, the United States is averaging about 1.7 vaccinations a day. That means single doses, not full vaccinations. Most of the vaccines require two doses. We all know this. However, much of science is starting to change their opinion that a one dose is actually significant protection. The first dose actually gives you 80 is 80% effective. 80%. Second dose is where you get to the 95%. And what that means is they don't actually the figures and the percentages aren't actually accurate if you actually look at the studies. They didn't they didn't study to see if it would stop transmission. They didn't see if it would be um, it would keep you from dying from it. It doesn't. The study isn't designed for any of those things. However, let's take for face value. 
They don't anticipate anybody doing this type of work because they just want people to read headlines, obey, and proceed. So the figure I've been using for the United States population for this entire pandemic is 327 million people. That was pro- It's probably changed, obviously, but that's been the round number that I've been using based on what I had seen towards the beginning of the pandemic. 327 million people. I also saw that there's about 85 million are children. We will not have a vaccine that is considered safe for children until next year. By then, COVID will be gone. That's my prediction. I mean, it'll be in the public as a normal seasonal cold flu. Um, It'll be another virus that circulates and there will be natural... Uh, cross-reactive immunity, T-cell immunity to it so that we won't be seeing the death numbers that we've seen. So if you subtract 85 million from 327 million, you get a number close to uh, 200... I have to do this math in my head. 258 million, okay? That's not actually right. Why can't I do math in my head anymore? I used to be able to do math in my head... Now I can't. 242 million. That's what I meant to say. 248 million. <clears throat> That's still wrong. I'm having a hard time here. 27. Subtract from 85. 85. This is embarrassing. My brain doesn't work anymore. 27. Wow, I'm doing this wrong. Let's figure it out together. 327 million minus 85 million. 85, 67. Okay, 262. No, that's still wrong. <laughs> math lessons. That's probably what I'll call this episode. Three, uh, doing this kind of math in your head is hard. Five, 322. Eight, 242. Okay, 242 million. I was right the first time. Um, 242 million people. The best estimates are, and this is, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. Last I saw, something like 40% of the population wasn't going to get the vaccine. So let's say 30% doesn't get the vaccine of the adult population in the United States. 70 people willing to get it, 30% not willing to get it. That brings us down to about... I think it was around 170 million adults. Right now, as of today, we have vaccinated, not fully, but there have been 80 million doses of the vaccine administered. That means there are only 90 million doses left to get into the arms of the willing, ready, able adult population in the United States. We are currently vaccinating 1.7 million people a day, or there are that many doses being administered. So, given the fact that we know that a single dose of this vaccine is up to 80% effective at uh, preventing severe clinical disease, as they call it, that is 51 million doses a month in a 30-day period. We will run out of able-bodied, willing participants for this vaccine in 55 days. I'm not saying they'll all be doubly vaccinated in 55 days, but what I'm saying is there will not be any more adults that are willing to get vaccinated 
in 55 days. That's April 28th. So, what does that mean? Does that mean the virus is going to go away on April 28th? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it'll still be present. However, what we're going to see is an increased pressure campaign because we ordered, what, 300 million doses? I forget how many, 600 million doses they've ordered. Some nonsense, billions. Actually, I think someone added up all the orders from the different pharmaceutical companies for vaccines, and it was over a billion doses. We're not vaccinating children yet, nor should we. And if you're a parent who is submitting your child into a clinical trial for an experimental gene therapy, you're insane. Your child has a 0.003% chance of dying from COVID if they get it. Most likely they have already been exposed to it and recovered and you didn't even know because their immune systems are so strong. Why would you manipulate their immune system? doesn't make any sense. But mark my words, we're going to see something in these next two months and they're not going to be able to explain it away. What we're going to see is either one, the cases are going to disappear over the next two months and they can't explain it. We're also going to see states starting to push to reopen that aren't currently reopening because if cases continue to fall just based on the, the seasonality of COVID, I'm not even talking about whether COVID's going away. I'm talking about the regular seasonality of respiratory viruses. We are heading into the spring and summer. Cases are going to plummet. They're going to plummet in Texas. They're going to plummet in Mississippi, North Dakota, South Dakota. Louisiana apparently is lifting things. Florida has been free for since August. How are they going to be able to explain why we should continue to mask up, why we should continually keep our businesses at 50% capacity when they could be thriving like they are in other states? You're going to see massive civil disobedience. And if the governments are smart, the government officials are smart, they'll let it happen. They'll just let people go back to normal because their power grab has drove us to this point. My fear is, is that they're going to continue to talk about variants. Now, think about this. I've said this before, I'm pretty sure. The variants that they talk about, the UK variant, the South African variant, the Brazilian variant. Of those three countries, go look at the cases right now. If these are more contagious, why are they seeing an 80% drop in new cases? Huh? You want to think about that? They are keeping the variants in the front of your mind to keep you scared so that they can empty their shelves of this vaccine that they've overcommitted to and put too much faith in. It's plain and simple. You can get the vaccine if you want. If it's going to make you feel better with your family, go for it. I, I That's your free will to choose. Hey, it's me again. It's 4.49 p.m. I'm on my last pickup of the day. And a friend of mine just sent me something over, which I was aware of, and I was going to send to him. Um, but Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton's organization, if you're not familiar with them, I encourage you to look them up. They, through Freedom of Information Acts, they were able to get, get, collect 301 emails uh, between the NIH and Dr. Fauci and all this stuff. And it's now come to light, which we already knew that Dr. Fauci had given 3.7 or three over $3 million to the Wuhan lab um, and had approved.
improved gain of function experiments. We already know that. The media doesn't want to cover it. They don't want to talk about it. Uh, but now it, sh- it shows that uh, in this communication, these emails that have been collected, that uh, the, NA- the United States, the NIH, and the World Health Organization were working to cater their response according to China's guidance. There's also an email from March 22nd, and I've seen the text, I've seen a screenshot of the email. March 22nd, someone is contacting Dr. Fauci and a number of other people saying, we need something better than this PCR test. We're getting a lot of false positives, the sensitivity's off, we're not getting true true positives that we can trust that are spreading that they're inconsistent now I remember the CDC had sent out tainted tests in the beginning so maybe it's referring to that but either way you would think couple that with the video from July which you can look up if you go through DuckDuckGo not Google um, a video of in July of Dr. Fauci talking about how PCR tests above 35 cycles are not really useful for finding an active transmissible infection and that people should really not have to quarantine based on a positive if it's over 35 cycles. Which most labs are doing 40 cycles, which we know all these things, and they're all things that I've talked about in the past. But the reason I bring this up is that, like with Governor Cuomo, we're now seeing things that were only being whispered about and talked about in our independent journalist circles. Uh, People seeking the truth, talking about the, in March, the March 25th order that, that sent sick COVID-19 patients back into nursing homes and then they removed it from the site and, and deleted it. All of those things have been talked about. I've known about these things for eight months or more. The fact that they're now in the mainstream eye, the public eye, is frustrating, but it's also encouraging at the same time because I pray every night with my kids that the truth truth would be brought to light, that any corruption would be exposed, and that God would bring justice for all people. So, take heart. The truth is like a beach ball that you try to push under the water. You can only keep it under there for so long before it's going to pop and rear its ugly head, or colorful alternating color head, I guess it were, if it's a beach ball. But when you look at Cuomo, we're looking at Newsom now. Governor Whitmer is now uh, getting additional scrutiny because she actually put non-senior COVID-positive residents in with senior citizens. One actually beat another one to death. The fact that that wasn't enough to disqualify her from public office is mind-boggling when it happened. But now people... It seems like now as the virus is going to start diminishing, people are actually allowing the dust to settle and they're starting to evaluate their surroundings like you would in the middle of a battle. When the dust clears, you start to say, wow, like who who dropped the ball here? Who made this an issue? Who didn't do what they were supposed to do? It seems that the mulligan that we were willing to give everybody, that time is running out. The uh, 
the blanket uh, immunity, as it were, for lack of a better term, that we were willing to give our elected officials during this pandemic is being retracted. And we're going to start seeing a lot of shenanigans, a lot of backdoor deals like Governor Whitmer, uh, the health director stepping down in January and having a non-disclosure confidentiality agreement, $155,000 in taxpayer funds as a severance and all this. There's just a lot of questionable things that need to be brought to the light. We need more transparency in our government. We need more transparency and accountability of our elected leaders. And we need more people to care about these things. Not just the few people who are easily dismissed as crackpots and conspiracy theorists. Because you know what? Most of the time, these things that were considered conspiracy theorists over the last year have since now been proven to be correct. So it should be eye-opening for people out there. What's up, everybody? It's Friday, March 5th, 1.19 p.m. I uh, drove this morning. Actually, first thing this morning, 6 a.m., I met with uh, two other guys from my church, and that's going to be a weekly occurrence. So, early. It's still dark when you leave your house. I, um, I give a lot of credit to everybody goes out there and works and gets up before the sun rises. I mean, I get up before the sun comes up usually, but I'm not usually on the road, especially this time of year when the sun, you know, the day's starting later. But, um, yeah, I give you guys a lot of credit. I remember I used to have a job where I had to be there at 6 a.m., and uh, I learned pretty quick that that job was not for me. Um, but anyways, I just wanted to kind of wrap up this episode this week, these last two weeks, uh, with a bow. Uh, Cases continue to decline. More and more states are lessening their COVID restrictions. We've got Louisiana joining the club. Alabama said that their mask mandate will not be extended past April, I believe. And obviously everyone's freaking out, which is hilarious because for the the people who are most vocal that are freaking out, it uh, has no effect on them. It literally has no effect on them. And then, uh, you know, it's just the way they are. They have to freak out about something. But anyway, heading into work. Got two shows today, three and seven, and then only two shows tomorrow. But that will be the last um, adjusted schedule starting next week. I'll be in 11 shows a week as usual. So... to getting on a regular schedule. I will miss this driving around. I definitely enjoy driving more so than most people. Um, there's just something about it. It feels free, like freedom. And uh, just wanted to kind of leave on a more positive note. Babylon Bee had an article that said experts, uh, experts fear that lifting COVID, uh, sorry, I'm I'm butchering it. Experts fear that removing mask mandates could lead to dangerous surge in freedom, which I thought was appropriate and hilarious. Um, what's going on? Nothing's really coming up that I can think of. Uh, my son got cast as Edmund in Lion Witch in the Wardrobe in his drama club, which is awesome. 
wants to be an actor, he says, he claims. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Uh, my other son has a show coming up that he's in at school, so and I was able to get the day off or the the, the night off so that I can go see it. So that's exciting. Anyways, I gotta pay attention to where I'm driving, and I will talk to you later. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Acting Realtor Podcast. If you like what you heard, I encourage you to subscribe. You can also leave us a rating or review. That will move us up the chart so other people can find out about the show. I also encourage you to check out actingrealtor.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well.